Ahoy! Mm. <laughs> Are you planning that this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Emily. Hi, Stevie. I told Stevie right before we started recording that Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the telephone, wanted people to answer the phone and say ahoy. And then I think it was Thomas Jefferson said no, uh, Alexander. We're answering with hello. Thomas Jefferson is, a, is a, killed the vibes. Yeah, fuck Thomas Jefferson, poopy. <laughs> Stupid. Fuck Thomas Jefferson, not because he owns slaves, but because he killed Ahoy as a greeting. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. <laughs> so we're saying Ahoy from now on. Ahoy, yeah. Emily. Ahoy, Stevie. Welcome to the Sex Files. <laughs> okay. Well, how are you doing? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> how are you doing? You know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through it. Everybody's going through it. Everyone's going through it. If you're not going through it, don't talk to me. Don't even think about me. <laughs> have you ever heard, have you ever, did you, did you ever sing that song <laughs> when you were a kid that was like, everyone doing it, doing it, doing it, picking their noses? No. <laughs> did you ever hear that song? <laughs> no, I haven't. My mom used to sing that to me. I had a book called Everybody Poops. <laughs> did you have that book? I probably did at one point. It was just like a picture book and it was like, elephants do it. People, and it was just different cartoons of everyone pooping. And I hated that book with every fiber of my being. <laughs> Even at seven, I was like, that's fucking gross. Poop is gross. I was like, ew, I don't care about that. Like my dad always made fart jokes and I was like, that's uncivilized, Christopher. <laughs> As you should, as yeah. you should have. Eight-year-old me was a classy bitch. When I was younger, I had a book that was like, I'm sure so many girls will have relate to this. Mm-hmm. Did you have that American Girl <gasps> book? Yes. I hated that with every fiber of my being. I oh, had yeah. it in my bottom drawer of my desk, like underneath a million things, and I never looked at it. I was so upset when my mom gave it to me. I was like, I am revolting, and if I knew how to start a fire, I would start this on fire. So funny. Like, fuck you for making me even think about this. Fuck you for making me even think about my own body. And now look at us. And look at you now. Sex podcast. Look at us now. Yeah. Look at us (laughs) now. No, I really felt the same way. Well, because I remember there was like a whole section on like the parts of, yeah, yeah, but they weren't pictures. They were like paintings. Yeah. Yes, they were. And it was just like one where the where the someone was like spread eagle, but it was just that area. And I was like, you know, I wasn't I wasn't in the habit of looking at my own vulva yet. And so I was like, ew, this is on me. I'm not looking at that. Also, wasn't there like a section of like girls in like a girls' locker room or something? Yeah, I think so. Or like, and I was like, wait, that that made me so uncomfortable i was like what do you mean all these girls i think like because one girl was like shaving her legs another was like something was going on and i was like wait why are all of these people doing this thing why are people doing private things in front of each other that's a really fair question because that's not what goes on in the locker room i know i was like why would you shave your leg (laughs) something like that don't do that in public why would you shave your leg period why would you do that when did you start shaving? I actually don't remember. I 
I don't even remember what I shaved first. Like if it was my arms or my underarms or my legs, I think it was my legs first. And it was probably like when I was in like eighth grade, maybe seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Um, but my mom always told me the old wives tale about how it'll grow back thicker. Oh yeah. My mom would tell me that too. And prickly. And so she never let me shave. Which is like a very backwards way of just being like, just you don't have to. There's nothing wrong with it. No, it does the opposite. Yeah, there was a period where I wanted to shave my arms. We've talked about this. Yeah. And then I did, I was for a while, like over a a couple of years ago, and it was was rad, but now I don't anymore because I'm lazy. Yeah. I started shaving my legs when I was like 11, because I think we started PE, and I noticed that all the other girls, like the older girls in like eighth grade, and I was like, oh, mine are fuzzy. So I shaved them. I didn't tell anybody. I just remember texting on like my hot pink flip phone that I had, my yeah. best friend, and being like, do you shave your legs? <laughs> he was like, no, but I've thought about it. And I was like, I think I'm going to. And she was like, okay, have fun. <laughs> and so I did. I did. And then my mom was one day like, did you shave your legs? I was like, oh, yeah, I've been shaving my legs. Do you remember like, when that was like the biggest dilemma in your life having yeah. hair on your legs <laughs> wow. i remember i was scared to ask my mom to buy me deodorant me too that's because so horrible. It meant i was stinky yeah I, <laughs> I just remember like i saw this one at the store this is just like a testament to like how ashamed girls are meant to feel about their bodies because I, I like remember i felt like i couldn't even look at the deodorant section in the store I felt like that about tampons. I was like, don't even yeah. look. Oh yeah. Especially about tampons, but like even about deodorant. deodorant. Wow. And then like, I remember going to my mom and being so embarrassed and like, like putting, like putting my face in her pillow and just being like, can you buy <laughs> me the lemon scented deodorant? Or the oh, that's so cute. That's sad. It is. It is sad. Cause I absolutely felt the same way about shit. Like yeah. I remember when I first wanted, when I needed a training bra, and I was like, we were in yeah. the mall. We were in the mall, and I was trying all day to ask her. Like I was like, yep. I was like, look how cute this shirt is. And she was, yeah. She was like, oh my god, there's a matching bra. Isn't that so cute? I was like, oh Wait, my god. And she did was you? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then like eventually during the day, I was like, I want one. Can you just? Can you? And she was like, oh. Wait, did you did you wear like did you go like straight from nothing to an actual like separate bra no. or did you like wear like the shirts with the bra in it like attached oh. to it? I th- I'm pretty sure there was like a point where I was wearing shirts that had like a I remember little, those like, shirts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm pretty. Well, maybe I did. anyway. No, I went and then I got I had like a a bra from a training bra from what was then limited to. Yeah, with no. And it like had the little monkey on it and it was white Aww. with pink. And then my grandmother made me take off my shirt at the breakfast table because she wanted to see it. Isn't that traumatizing? Not a violation. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Jesus. She, maybe not take off my shirt, but like lift up my <laughs> flash before school. That's what I thought. That's what I was imagining. I was imagining you like her forcing you to take off your shirt. You just stand there like. <laughs> no, I just flashed. Anyway. Okay. So should we? Should we continue with why? Because it's like it's like that it's like that uh, that 
panel, if you want to call it that, that David Duchovny and Jillian did, where she's wearing that red shirt. Yes. And she's like, she's like, oh, I forgot there were people listening to us. Or David said that. And then she's like, yeah, I know. Like, where did all these people come from? We just listening had, to our conversation. We just had that moment. We just had that But moment. the thing is, is that we're not live. So if we can cut it out. <laughs> Thank God for us. <laughs> Thank God. It really wasn't. It was probably something that people would relate to, but that's okay. Anyway. Anyway, we have some questions. We're going to do like three little baby questions. I mean, they're not baby questions. They're just four. I forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, right. That's okay. Um, so one of them, one of our little questions is fix that are both sexy and sweet. So Emily, you're probably going to be able to recommend and more sexy. and sweet and sexy. <laughs> you're probably gonna be able to recommend more um like general authors and stuff because you read more than I do mine are like really Uh random very niche that's perfect that's perfect because I you are absolutely correct I knew I knew it um so one of my favorites is a fic called never trust Adams and it's by our good friend Ani um who is Stell Gibson on AO3 we're gonna we'll link all of these on all of our social would media. you believe would you believe that Ani is one of the author the writers that I have is she that's not at all surprising would you believe to me. that I would um I think all of Ani's fics are an incredible balance between sexy and sweet like I think Absolutely. truly her fix of the perfect answer to this question like just all of them because the way she writes perfectly documents every little thing scully experiences and feels and it's so sweet that's the other yeah. thing it's so from scully's vantage point oh yeah and it does her so much justice like so much ani is truly so thoughtful seriously um she's the queen of details so yes oh my god yeah i highly recommend all of her fix but never trust yeah. adams is one of my favorite oh yeah okay this isn't what i was going to recommend but this is a really good one so it's um honeydew mm. by story by Corey, oh, I haven't, who is I haven't read that phenomenal story by story by Corey. Mm. Corey is such an incredible writer yeah. like such an incredible writer she was like one of the first people whose fix I, I read when i got into the fandom and wow what an introduction um but Honeydew is a season, post-season 11 pregnancy fic. Um, I think it's, rel- yeah, it's rel- it's short, but it's so sweet. Really? Oh, I want to read it. Yeah, I'm just remembering. I'm going to read like, some. I think yeah. I'm going to read some of these after this. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So my next one is um, one of my favorite picks of yours, my dear friend. Um it's Saturday. You should have known I was going to say one of your fics. Um, it's called Saturday <laughs> Morning, and it's so hot, and then it gets so sweet in the end. I don't want to spoil it, um, but because there's like something that happens, but I love it so much, and Emily is the queen of writing female pleasure. It's actually so fucking beautiful. So everyone, read all of her fics, but I think that one is the most sexy sweet of yours, in my humble opinion. Are you kidding me? What? Why'd you do that? You should have known. I talk about how your fix are my favorite all the time. How come I'm not going to recommend I know, yours? but... Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, I need to be honest. I... Sweet? I uh, I don't really know if these are sweet. I know, because you don't really read sweet fix. I know. And, like... Uh, to me, like, any time... Okay, like, here's, here's the scale for mm-hmm. me, right? It's, like, sweet... <laughs> Or just like them ripping each other's clothes yeah. off. There's like no in between. Right. So I chose the not ripping each other's clothes off 
ones. Okay. Whether okay. you d- d- say that they're sweet, sweet or, or not. Or not. Okay. Yeah. No, that's great. So the next one is, well, actually, I'll just give you a couple of, of writers and then I'll do a specific one. Okay. So anything by What the Fuck Mulder, which is WTF Mulder. Mm. And then, oh, well, I'll link all of these because these names are... But yeah. then anything by Olivia and her thing is oh six 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 six, um and then anything by Mulder Girl which is M L D R G R L, and then anything by Stevie, no. who is room room two o three. Yep, yeah. but you're right here all in caps, so I'm going to. No um, way. Yeah. See, because that's the thing. Even though you write angsty smut or angsty like you know what i mean there is an undertone of sweetness to me Mm -hmm. in all of them because they're written with such care and within the dialogue they're so thoughtful that like that is what's sweet to me like that's what make does that make sense so even though there is elements of angst yeah that makes sense it's that's sweet they're sweet to me oh thanks you see what i mean yeah warning if you read any of my fics they're pretty angsty (laughs) yeah but like they're so sweet Oh, I love you. Um, so specific one, I am obsessed with There's a First Time for Everything <laughs> by Montana. Oh, I recommended one of Montana's too. Uh, honestly, anything Montana writes. That's literally like, what I wrote. I anything. Has the one that's under, it's trust. And it's just like a bunch of them having sex in a bunch of different ways. Yes, like a bunch of different yeah. um I, i'm sure this one is underneath that oh probably but there's a lot of sweet ones in there but continue yeah this is um car sex <laughs> and um the first time something happens for our girl i haven't read and, that uh, that's it oh it's so good Ooh, okay. oh my god it's so good well. <laughs> it's so 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 good um my last one um that I have is called um, Premenstrual Scully by Sari Fairy. Yeah. Um, who I know is one of your favorite authors, but this is, and I haven't read yep. as much as her work as I'd like to, but um, I love, I, Premenstrual Scully, I think about a lot, like all of her writing is in, incredible, but this one just like stays in my mind. Two, two other ones um, by her are Grief is the Price We play, Pay for Love. Ooh, yeah. Such a good one. And then also, I don't know how to say this, but I think it's breast in German, mm. but it's Scully's, I'm not even going to try, B-R-U with a little two dots above it, mm. S-T-E. Bruce. Bruce? <laughs> no, I, I have no idea. <laughs> no, that sounds right. That's okay. what, my, what I was thinking too. But that one, I read over and over and over again because it's basically, um, it takes place right after... Mulder's mom dies it it's it's in the episode where um where Scully yeah 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 when his mom dies and Scully like hugs him when Mm. he's sitting on the chair Mm -hmm. and then Skinner shows up to their his apartment the next day and Scully answers the door right it's what happened that that night it's what happened the night before yeah yes but but I know that that's okay but it's like so tender and so beautiful oh I really want to read that one I kind of want to take a break and just read it. Yeah, can we actually? Well, wait, do you want to? Yeah, because I really want to read. Like, I really want to read that one right now. Listeners, we're taking a little break. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we're back. Well, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Everyone read that fic. <laughs> Everyone read 
um, anything Sari Fairy has ever written, but yeah. particularly that one. Holy shit. Okay, do you have any other recs? <laughs> um, let me see. I have... I'll do, I'll do one more. I have um, Freudian Slip by Agent Starbuck. And that one is basically, I think, mutual masturbation. It is Scully accidentally slips um, and says, I love you to Mulder. Uh, I want to read that too. And that is all I will say. You know, Emily, one of the first conversations we had was you giving me thick recommendations. Was it really? Like very early on in our friendship. That's so fun. Yeah, you gave me a list of fix, and I read um, Undercover Swing. No way. Yeah. Oh, and then I like live texted you it. Oh my God, I love that fic. Okay, next question. So the next question is, um, what do you do when you have a crush, but you immediately assume that they won't be into you? How do you know someone returns the sentiment? Help me, please. Well? Well... So basically, if you are immediately assuming they won't be into you, let's take a step back. Um, like, mantra is you're amazing, but you're not for everyone. And mm-hmm. like, that's okay. Um, a rejection is simply a redirection. It's not oh anything. Oh my God, we wrote the same fucking shit. Are you serious? Yes. Look at us, because we're just on a higher plane. We are just, our consciousnessness. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I agree. So true, bestie. <laughs> I put. A, I have a Dr. Thema quote. Thema. Yes, I love that. Um, I just want to say to pre preface preface <laughs> to preface that quote. Um, the sooner you realize that they aren't. Like, say, so say they do reject you. Say the possibility of rejection is haunting you. Mm-hmm. Um, they aren't rejecting you personally. They're not rejecting anything about your yeah. personality, about who you are, about how you, they're not rejecting that. They simply are looking for something else. Exactly. And if, it, if they're not into you, they're not meant for you. And it has everything to do with them and nothing yeah. to do with you. Like, you could be the juiciest peach out there and there's still going to be someone who hates peaches. I'm quoting Florence. Yep. And if you um, can't give that person what they need, it's a, that's a gift that they let you know that. Totally. Um, and also, I would just say, too, like, no one is out of your league or, like, too mm. good for you. Like, that doesn't exist. Like, erase that mentality completely. Seriously. Because you would never go into a job interview with that mindset. So, like, why would you go into personal relationships with that? Like, where you're so much more, where so much more of how incredible you are is all on display. Yeah. Well, the second you put someone on a pedestal, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and pain. (laughs) Totally. And pain. (laughs) Um, And I think also what might be important or helpful is, like, going into it, maybe try to establish like some emotional autonomy. Mm -hmm. Um, So like recognizing that you are not responsible for the feelings of others, um, that a person's inner emotional world reflects outward and that Mm -hmm. it's again, not personal. Um, And just recognizing that like, if it is not mutual, that like you are completely aware of what you need and how you can meet those needs. Mm -hmm. And then that coupled with the, um, affirmation that like you can process and feel everything that you're feeling and it's valid um i think might be a little might be helpful yeah seriously and if you're wondering because you ask how do you know if someone returns a sentiment i have the answer you just ask them 
my notes switch to this part of the question right now too seriously seriously our minds wow yep and that was exactly what i have literally it's just you just asked them and and can i read my my quote totally because if like if that seems really scary because you're afraid of being rejected listen to dr thama who says you were not rejected you were redirected you were not rejected you were protected there's some doors we knocked on my goodness that were no good for us and so like just yep. trust that just trust that totally um and like i know um this is something like this truly changed my life which is so stupid but it's like i when i I love this question because my favorite thing to say, like when people are like, how do I ask like my partner where things are going or like how soon is too soon to say, it's like, instead of wondering if someone returns the sentiment by like reading interactions and like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're ready to move forward, allow yourself to take the driver's seat and tell them that you have a crush on them. Yeah. Like tell them what your intentions are and what you want asking them like where they see things going or if they feel like that about anybody ambiguously is like putting a pressure on them to be vulnerable and like to be responsible for that and that's not fair so if you want to take the next steps like you do it yeah that's such a good point because there's so many times like in high school where I remember my friends having conversations with um people that were into and it was just like Oh, like, do you, do you like anyone right now? Yeah, it's like, like mind you, Like, yeah, yeah, like all the, the, the idea that relationships are games is in that courting is Blech. a game is really no. fucked. It's it so fucks fucked communication. Up. Um, it's like, of course, is this all harder? Yeah. yeah. But like, is it generous and is it vulnerable and is it gorgeous? Um, as hell. Yes. Yeah. A million times. Yes. And ultimately the other person will be appreciative that you were that up front no matter what the outcome is totally and like if what's stopping you from thinking that they won't reciprocate your crush oh my um, god mine went to confidence right here too (laughs) that's so weird life is too short and the sooner you realize how you have i mean because it's true it's true like the sooner you realize you're amazing but you're not for everyone your outlook on life becomes much clearer and Um, if that's not your style and you want to feel it out, then this is my mantra for all uncertainty. And I will just read the quote. So the quote is be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books that are, are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live questions now. So you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. That's beautiful. Yeah, like literally my last thought on this was since you're dealing with this, let this current crush be a chance to practice reassuring yourself and let it deepen your own self-love. But you're a fucking prize, so. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay, our next question is, I hate the thought of missing out on something while being in a happy relationship with my girlfriend. And I hate to be harsh, but if you're in a relationship, you're worried about missing out, then it's not a happy relationship. Um, Yeah, to put it simply. And I think also, um, does that mean that you're unhappy with the person 
Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Um, I think the relationship and its boundaries and regulations are not working for you right now Mm. um, because you're feeling like there's more out there that you want to explore. And that is 100% valid, but you absolutely need to share that with your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, because odds are like your desire to seek opportunities, like whatever those may be, it doesn't necessarily need to be um, other intimacies or other um, non-platonic relationships, but um, your desire to seek opportunities that you feel the relationship is preventing you from is likely reflecting back into your relationship and your girlfriend deserves someone who is committed to um, and feeling safe and happy and fulfilled in the relationship that she wants and is needing. Yep. You can be and should be um, very fulfilled externally as well as with the relationship that you're choosing to be in. And so those two things are very much so two parts to a whole. And so again, it sounds like you're happy with her and want her in your life, but you're um, conflating that with the relationship itself. And like, you need to express that to her because that translates to, it seems like you're putting an awful lot of pressure on her to make you feel fulfilled and happy when you really are seeking that or want to seek that in other avenues outside of the relationship. Um, And that's unfair to her because she deserves someone who's on the same page as her. Um, When you communicate this with her, um, focus on respect and clarity um, instead of niceness and be direct. Um, Frame it as uh, uh, us versus the problem, not me versus you. That's a great way to constructively talk. Um, And so then you go from there. And whether that's like opening up the relationship or taking a break or asking for more time alone, um, like any of those things. And maybe like you decide to take a break and then like you realize you weren't missing out on anything at all and that you do want an ex- like an exclusive relationship and you were happy with how much time you were spending together and alone. And that's cool. Then you'll know. But sitting in this uncertainty is not healthy for you or your relationship um, or your girlfriend. And so- Communication needs to happen. Um, Communication. And I will repeat my FOMO mantra, which is just like, just because something, just because it could have been different doesn't mean it would have been better. That's such a good one. So feel it out. Communicate with your girlfriend first and foremost that you're feeling this way because she deserves to know um, and make and have choice in this as well. Um, And you want me to do the last one really quickly? Yeah, do it. So we got like a, not really a question, but kind of like a concern topic of discussion. Little chat. Little chat, little chit chat. (laughs) Um, Just basically about the lack of sex education surrounding queer sex and safe sex and and all that fun stuff. Um, So I thought that I would do a little quick, very, very quick rundown of just some resources. Do it. Um, In terms of, uh, this will be obviously exclusively... um, from a woman's perspective, women love women, queer sex. Um, So a couple of things Um, in terms of like medically safe, preventing STIs, preventing STDs, um, dental dams are a go-to. It's basically a, it's like a condom, but it's flat and it's very, very stretchy. And um, basically it goes over a vulva and, you know, then whatever, tongue, mouth can all go and there's a barrier between mouth and vulva. Wow. 
Um, I <laughs> another option is if you don't have that, because sometimes those are tricky to find, um, is you can just take a normal condom and you can just cut it and then flatten it. And that works just as well. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then another thing is if you're going to be using toys, just like slap a condom over a toy. Um, that way, easy cleanup, no transferable um, STIs or anything. Yes. And super unglamorous, but like for fingering and stuff, um, gloves, like mm. not latex or non-latex. And all of that stuff, <laughs> you can get really? it, seriously. Snapping our gloves on. I mean, goddamn, Yeah. I'd be ready. Actually. Oh yeah, you'd be like, okay, let's do it. Yes, doctor. Uh, please. <laughs> all of those, all of those things. Um, if you have a Planned Parenthood near you, um, will literally give you all of those for free. And um, you can walk into a Planned Parenthood, and they will literally give you a little lunch bag full of goodies. Um, goodies, dental dams. Also, donate to Planned Parenthood. Maybe we'll link please. something. Yeah, please donate to Planned Parenthood, especially with the most recent um, Supreme Court confirmation, which will fuck up a lot of reproductive reproductive rights organizations' yep. um, ability to serve people. So, um, and then like in terms of STIs and stuff, like if it's the same thing, like this can this is you know not any this is not queer exclusive. It's any relationship, any interaction, any intimacy, um, asking about STIs um, can look like, hey, before we go any further, like, do you have any STIs I should know about? Um, I got tested on X, like whatever date um, or whatever month, like when was your last, when was your most recent testing? Um, the only advice I would give is avoid using the word clean as like a language, yes, yeah. meaning no STIs. Um, because there's nothing dirty about them and nope. it's nothing to be ashamed of, but it's very um, important for your health and the health of your partner that that is in a discussion. I would, can we like soon do an expanded episode on So STIs that was what I wanted STDs? to do. Yeah. That okay. was like a very, very brief and small. Because um, I have so many thoughts about that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I was going to say, that's just a very small intro into a whole episode, we, not a whole episode, but a whole corner that we want to do on. Yeah. But that's really all I have. That's, you know, everything else kind of fits the bill for any sexuality, consent and, and all that other fun, safe stuff. And all um, that jazz. But <laughs> in terms of lacking safety in sex ed about queer sex, I would say, yeah, the actual physical act of protection was something that I obviously knew nothing about until I did my own research. So. And I just learned so much listening to you talk about it. It's so fucked up, but everybody knows how to put a goddamn condom on a banana. I know. Like, what? Well, like, That's not... I had not heard the word dental dam until I was in college. Oh, maybe. same. I definitely didn't hear the word dental dam until college. Maybe I heard it on like a TV show, like as a joke or something yeah. but like I had no idea what it was until you just described it in this moment <laughs> truly yeah it's which is pathetic on my part but no but it's also like just I mean it's also just speaks to la like the heteronormativity of sex ed programs if there even is a sex ed program if there even is one that exists yep that's why we're here that's why we're help, here help as much as we possibly can yeah so we're not professionals little... but we do our best we read a lot 
You read a lot. So we've, much so that we're saying the same things now. I was about to say we've been around the block, but that's not what I mean. I just mean like we've been there. We have. Know? We've been around the block. It's okay to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've, we've been, been around there. the block. It's okay. We've been around the block. Maybe so. that's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Beautiful. Anyway. I'll start the fucking episode. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. So we're doing episode, tw- is it 21? 21. Is it? Yeah, maybe. That's crazy. Or is it 20? No, it's 21. Okay. Yeah. So we're doing 21 tombs. I often think like, because this is the first episode that Skinner's in, right? <laughs> so I feel like this was just the beginning of Scully sitting like every single room she walked into. Within two seconds, she was just like thinking... God, I wish they bring back the draft. Literally. Absolutely. This is the beginning. Okay, so we open at Druid Hills Sanitarium in Baltimore, Maryland. It's very eerie. We see a panning shot of the patient's name stopping on our 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 boy, Eugene fucking Toombs. He's back. How he hasn't already escaped, I don't know. I know. Just happened. There happened to be a camera there when he decided to do it. Yeah, what? We caught him on camera this time. <laughs> He sticks his slimy little hand through the food slot, looking for, looking like a sweaty little rat while he breaks his own bones to get the door open. Um, Someone (laughs) comes in and interrupts his escape. Yes. Permission to speak? Yes. Okay. Um, Permission. Going back to the, to to him breaking bones. Mm. Do you have any guesses about what I'm about to Anyways, I wish Jillian would dislocate my shoulder like that. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Good start. Good start. I um, had more. It was much more explicit. But oh my we'll God, keep going. Don't no, keep going. This is, your, this is your space. You know what's funny too is I was watching this on my sister's computer at first. So I was taking notes on my sister's computer. So I wrote this <laughs> on my sister's computer with my full chest. Um, I said, I want Jillian to tie me up so badly. I wish she would do that to my shoulder. Just fuck me into the mattress, please. Break my shoulder, queen. Break my shoulder, queen. I'm proud of you for writing that on your sister's computer. Yeah, I really, I was really in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's beautiful. So someone comes in and interrupts his escape, his shoulder breaking. <laughs> Jesus. Turns out it's Toomsy Boy's therapist. Nobody seems to care that he's drenched in sweat when they walk in, but that's fine. <laughs> homeboys in a pool of sweat they're like were you asleep he just, he just oh tombs tombs is such a sweaty man he looks like he looks like a little kid who just threw up and like still has like some of the stuff on the corner of his mouth it's like when kids get sweaty and their hair sticks to their face and their their cheeks are all pink mama you're up mama threw up that's tombs that's tombs so um, his therapist this man tells, is just so easy to make fun of. So easy. He's, oh, we have, there's a moment later. Oh dear. Jeez. No, please. His therapist tells him he knows he's nervous about tomorrow, but he shouldn't be because he looked at the, the reports when the doctors were testifying at his review and he, um, is really confident that they will release him to rejoin the community. I'm so mad. He says, let's keep our fingers crossed. And there's a really close up of him crossing his fingers all slow. And like, why was that necessary? I don't know. Too, too many fingers. Too finger many fingers. Close ups. Yeah. yeah. Too many fingers. Too many fingers. <clears throat> okay. um, cut Not to- the fingers that I. <laughs> I know. Okay. You know. Yeah, I know. 
So cut to my favorite baby ever, Scully with the beginning of pregnancy bangs. Um, also, Skinner's introduction. Didn't realize. Oh, I realized. So Skinner, I didn't realize how late in season one he shows up. Wish it was later. <laughs> so Skinner's talking to Scully saying, we looked over... <laughs> He is such a bad actor. It is so funny. Every time he talks, I giggle. Every time he speaks, I giggle. I can't help it. Like, he doesn't unclench his jaw ever. He's like, mm, we just looked over your reports and are, frankly, very just, yeah, like... Maybe, maybe your mind has become too open. Like, yeah, like the, he, like, twitches. Yeah, well, maybe your mind has become too open. It's like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck exactly. is that? He's like... Mm. He's like, always kind of... <laughs> She's always he coked even, out. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like the actor from Sets Coke. Because that's how he's fucking acting. <laughs> I want to read a thing about Skinner's Coke addiction. <laughs> oh my god, you're funny. <laughs> Just him in the office like, God, I can't stop. <laughs> Holder oh and Scully are fucking in the basement. He's up there doing lines. Doing lines of coke. Wow, that's the FBI I want to work for. You know, have you ever seen that a panel that Jillian did with Mitch Pelleggi, who plays Pelleggi? I don't know. Who plays Skinner and then Robert Patrick, who plays uh, Doggett later on. When they're talking about um, his crush? Yeah. Yeah, tell it. And it's so fucking uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And handles it like a champ. She really does. Um, oh, I need to watch that again. But my point was, was that Skinner has a coke addiction because he can't be with Scully. But Mitch Pelleggi is like um, saying how Skinner hated Mulder so much because he knew that like he didn't have a chance with Scully because of him. <laughs> And then he like started fucking talking about how he, oh, how he actually had a crush on Jillian and how he always <laughs> tried to talk to her and how he married her body double. Which, um, Robert, whatever, Robert Patrick, is that his name? Yeah. Is there, he's like, that's really revealing. <laughs> I know. Robert Patrick was like, dude, shut up. What are you saying? He was like, dude, don't share that. And Jillian just, you know grips his shoulder <laughs> she's like i'm gonna torture you a little bit <laughs> no what's his name robert patrick says get a room and then Jillian says you can come too <laughs> i bet like halfway through the x-files just like fun for her probably was like torturing all the men on set just by being oh, flirty totally. and like watching them squirm she's totally. like teehee Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. All the cameramen are drooling. They don't know what to do with themselves. And everyone thought that they had a chance because she married Clyde. She's like, "Lol, jokes on you." I'm with. That's so funny. So our introduction to Skinner. I just want to say too, like, why is the cigarette smoking man there? Like, we don't know who he is. No, he's been. In, he was in the pilot. Right. And I don't think he's been back since then. I don't think so either. And so and it's just like they're trying to make, I think they know she's pregnant now and they're trying to like, okay, we got to do a long-term plot. Here we go. Right. And so it's like, but he's just like lurking in the background and he's, it's really funny because he's trying to look like very ominous. The but it's like, sucks. what a dumb, unnecessary character. Truly. Just showing up in random scenes, like some overblown extra. Like, yes, Literally. That's exactly what it is. And it's like, it could maybe work if the actor had a little bit of, like, 
I don't know like, if you were like kind of scared of him if he had any kind of like authority or what's the word he, like he has presence. a cartoon yeah he has a cartoon villain voice it's like it, this could work if the character was really big and formidable and powerful but the fucking actor who plays cigarette smoking man is literally just like creepy and sleazy like he reminds I, me of like a snake like a stupid snake I'm about to like um like the guy the one from the jungle jungle book yes I'm about to quote Kamala Harris, remember? Or not even, yeah, Kamala Harris yeah. and then Maya Rudolph did it on SNL when yeah. she's like, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, when you um, when you pull back the curtain and it's just a really small dude, <laughs> that's cigarette smoking. <laughs> Literally, though. Oh, my God. That's, so, that's my favorite thing ever. Oh, my that's God. so funny. But it's also like the reality that a woman would be called to a meeting about her profession and not know exactly who's going to be in the meeting and like who would be in the room mm-hmm. seems like very off and super violating very scary, to me. But also probably realistic. Realistic, but also like, would he just be like, I feel like he, you know, if that happened, you would walk in, maybe see like two people sitting at the table not some fucking man dramatically smoking cigarettes in slow motion like while, while looking out the window looking out the window <laughs> who is that like, what's this guy do? Like, well, you want to date sorry Diana. what happened <laughs> do i interrupt something she's like oh i didn't know he was gonna be here <laughs> anyways anyways wow so skinner's talking to scully he won't unclench his jaw he's says that he's really displeased with all of um their methods and she's like well duh there's reports of unorthodox investigations not only am i trying to keep a track of this man child but also we're investigating unorthodox things and they need to be reviewed with an open mind and he says um well maybe your minds become too open while cigarette smoking man is like puffing away around a pregnant woman and those were real cigarettes those yeah. were real cigarettes? Yeah, they were real cigarettes in the beginning, and then they started using herbal because he was getting addicted. He was smoking on set while Jillian was pregnant in the same room as him? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's fucked up. Is that... Are you joking? No. Well, I mean, you saw it. Yeah, I know I saw it, but I didn't think it was real. Oh, yeah, no, because they talked about... I mean, I doubt... Maybe they were not using them, but they talked about how in the beginning there were real cigarettes, and this is only his second episode. Like, I doubt wow. they made the precautions. Maybe they did. I don't know. But Damn. Yeah, right? Jillian, if you want a lawyer. Honestly, once you finish law school, like, fucking got to get you in contact with her because she could sue the shit out of... For so Carter. many reasons. For so many different things. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Here we begin with the classic mythology bullshit. Um, I didn't realize it was so late in the first season, actually. So Skimmy's like, Skimmy. <laughs> Skimmy. Skimmy, you know, Skinner, is coming for her hard in these scenes. And she responds really great to it. She's like, Jesus, bro, yeah. we saw 75% of cases, which is above the Bureau standards. And he's like, that's your only saving grace. And she's like, fuck my man, what more do you want? And then him and Cigarette Smoking Man share like this weird, really intimate look. And they're like, we need you to be more by the book. And she's like, well, okay, we're going to solve less cases. Um, and then there's this beautiful shot of her behind the swirling smoke as Smokey Boy puts down his cigarette. And like, wow, she just looks stunning. Chef's kiss. Um, cut to Toomey's review. Uh, they start with the expert reviews who all say that he's great, which to me is so strange he's so blatantly tapped like at least make an acting choice to be more likable or something so it I makes know. a little sense i'm like this guy's clearly out there 
like totally everyone's treating him like he's like this golden boy i'm like at least make that your acting choice but that's like on that's that's lawyers for you ew honestly that's gross so one of the doctors says his assault on agent scully was frustration directed at the wrong person are you Mm. fucking kidding me Mm. he broke into her home and tried to murder her and they're like let's give him a chance to live again like did he was he just sitting in his fucking cell all day singing i want to be what the people are and then eventually they were like yeah you should yeah I hate that line so much. And it also sounds like Chris Carter's assault on Scully, too. Ooh, um, yep. And that defense works both times. Ugh. He was placed in a psychiatric ward. or He was placed in psychiatric care mm-hmm. for his assault on Scully. Mm-hmm. But he was never charged. His lawyer says that he was never charged, nor has any mm-hmm. evidence linked him to any other crime. It was, he's talking about the murders. He was charged for the assault. Are you sure? Yeah, just the sentence for the assault is not long. Literally, it's so fucked up. The whole, this whole way that they brought this back is so fucked and inconsistent in so many ways. The whole hearing is about his ability to be rehabilitated back into society. So that would include every single crime that he's, like, that would include his entire history. Yeah. Like, because I'm assuming he went from being arrested, like, and being held. Yeah. To, like, to, to psychiatric care. Ew. So it's like they're talking about everything. So he wasn't so, charged with that? What the fuck? So they don't make that evidently clear, which they absolutely should have. If Right? Like the fact yeah. that it's even ambiguous is like... It's so fucked up. Because because the writers are clearly not even thinking about Scully's case here. They're like, no one yeah. gives a fuck. Which is all I'm thinking about. Totally. This entire time. Yeah. yeah. So Mulder's sitting in the back, like, not having any of this bullshit, but it's not for Scully's sake. You can tell it's for his own because he's being proven wrong, and, like, I'm going to be mad about that the entire episode. And so during this review, Toombs is clearly sussing out his therapist, like, homeboy's hungry, and then (laughs) Moldy comes up to the stand, and they're like, hey, don't talk about the murders, only here because of blah, 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 and, like, whatever. So then Scully sneaks in, and, um, like... This must be so hard for her because somebody, this man broke into her home and tried to murder her and now he might be released. But of course, the, the episode doesn't even explore that. Like, because the psyche that we're going to explore this episode is Mulder's. Exactly. And also, like, when Mulder, like, goes off and is, like, trying to yell at the judges and he's like, you know, believe me. Man. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, way to go, David. I didn't fucking believe that for a second either. Yeah. And I know it's true. Exactly. I, I wrote that later. So, so irritating. So Mulder presents his pro- profile on tombs. And for those of you that don't remember, he's this killer that emerges from hibernation every 30 years to eat five human livers, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Mulder then starts ranting. Everyone thinks he's fucking insane. Like you just said, like, of course they do. So then Scully comes out in the hall after he's done and is like, Mulder, you sounded crazy. Of course, they didn't listen to you. And he's like, nah, nah, I don't care because it was the truth. And like, here's the thing. Mulder could have been successful in his testimony if he had put his fucking ego aside and only told facts he knew were believable and that would land. Like maybe focus it on him literally stalking and attacking Scully and how that's not misguided aggression. That's pathological violence. But no, he's like over a hundred years old. And like, what the? Yeah. Yep. So then he has the gall to be mad at Scully for missing the hearing because her testimony was important. And like one 
any reason she wasn't there is valid. Like, she did get called into a meeting. But two, maybe that would be fucking hard for her to do, to face her attacker in court. Like, Yeah. Well, it was just, like, the fact that not only she's putting on a brave face to go be in the same room as him, but like you said, it's the fact that he now will be walking freely. Yeah. <laughs> despite the fact that he brutally attacked her exactly. in her home. So yeah. then he asks what... um what her meeting was about. And she says that Skinner just wanted to reel her in, which of, of course puts her in a really uncomfortable situation. And like, this is where I get ranty. Sorry. Mulder has the luxury of being able to go against authority because he's a straight white man who like, no matter what fucking stunts he pulls, will still have a career at the end of it. Or even if he does get fired, it's not going to inhibit him from starting another career. Yeah. Um, because overall, and like, you can see this at the end with Skinner, they over, they like overarchingly respect him and his intelligence. And yep. that with a thousand second chances. Scully, however, is just a woman in the boys club who's set up to fail regardless of um, being in a position where she wants to push against her superiors. Like even if she was doing anything or even if she was doing everything completely by the book, she'd still be at a disadvantage. So like so much more is at stake for her here and her whole career and life path is at stake. Not to mention that Mulder can have a family anytime and she's sacrificing time to have a family and to have meaningful relationships to aid him in this search for the truth. And that just all becomes more compounded. Yeah, like, this is all very much framed, this entire episode, and I talk about this more later, but, like, this entire episode is very much so framed on, like, the Scully, her entire career is riding on one mistake. Yeah. Or one wrong decision or siding siding with the wrong person one time. Whereas, like, with Mulder, it's, like, people expect him to break the rules, so they just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. That's such a good point. They're like, oh, that's him, but her one mistake, and she's, like, nearly out of a career. Yeah. And he and he knows that he's forgivable. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about me. That's why I have a, a huge issue with, like, the trope of, I don't care about me. Like, I don't want, I don't want your career to be ruined. It's like, motherfucker she is making the choice to be here yeah like and i talk about that more later but it's like i i don't find that line of intimacy romantic i don't find that line of intimacy intimate at all like i don't find that attractive well, because it's, it's just questioning her like it's what's well, questioning her and it's like protection that's so wrongly placed that's not asked for yeah if if anything, he takes it as he takes it as permission to like he takes it as permission to say I'm going to protect you as opposed to looking inward and saying what does this say about how many mistakes I'm allowed to make and yeah. still have a career. Wow. Yep. Like, which is so male. Oh yeah. Well, there's no self reflection happening at all for him. Maybe ever. Ever. Yeah. Um, my next note is that Scully looks beautiful here. Like, holy fuck, she's literally glowing. Her lips and skin are so plump and beautiful, and her cheeks are rosy, and her eyes are all milky, and I feel like you. But she looks so pretty. Yeah, she looks so beautiful. Everyone who looks at her in this episode is just blessed to be in her presence. I agree. So then they go back to the courtroom where it's announced that um, they're releasing tombs. So the requirements on his release are that he has to continue counseling sessions with his therapist, and that he stays at this old 
couple's house, our baby agents leave and Mulder's like, I'm not taking my eyes off him. I'm going to make sure he doesn't kill. You go find evidence to convict him of the previous murders. And she's like, what the fuck? That was 30 or 60 years ago. And he's like, there's no statute of limitation on murder. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm an FBI agent. And um, she's like, but it's going to be unorthodox. And so does she's concerned about that she was just chewed out for this and he goes well if you're resistant because you don't believe i'll respect that which is questionable considering ebe with the fucking photo but then he continues and says but if you're resistant because some bureaucratic pressure they've not only reeled you in they've already skinned you and the fact like scully does put her career and life on the line time and time again for this journey and for justice just shows how much stronger she is than him in literally every way because it, it, there's so much more at stake for her always. Mm-hmm. So then Toombs walks by and smiles like a fucking creep. And like, I can't believe that he's even allowed to be near her. Literally. Um, so Toombs gets his job back at the animal shelter. And we see him cleaning up a dead rat on the side of the road. And then he licks his fingers in the most nasty, unnecessary, no good way. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. That was so vile. What? I wrote that. What did you write? I wrote it. LOL to you with Scully. I would make it look hot. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be look like so that. like aggressive about it. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it... I'll own that. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, but it wouldn't look like Ugh. it wouldn't look like that. I'd make that's the only time that's allowed. You're right. I know. So then he sees I, I literally wrote LOL you with Scully T <laughs> <laughs> You know me so well. Um, so then he sees a woman that he starts to gun for, and Mulder slides in and interrupts Tombs, and, and then Tombs growls and walks away. So many weird acting choices from this man. <laughs> I think Tombs really thinks that he's playing, like, this creature, when all of us kind of just see him as a weird man. Yeah. Like... Anyways, so Mulder's being, 100%. So Mulder being all like smug and coffee to murderers, I love. But when he's smug like that to Scully, I want to beat him up. And yep. He is like that often. But it was fun seeing him be like that with Tombs. So cut to the old investigator who invested Tombs 30 years ago. Did you get his name? Because I never did. No. So <laughs> Scully's over talking to him, asking for his help again because he helped so much before. And I remember liking him and... But then I wrote, but we are early in this episode, so we'll see if that remains. Um, she looks so beautiful, and she's so kind and respectful, but also she's fucking brilliant. I just like seeing her interact with people without Mulder. Um, I really like this scene. Me too. Um, for a couple of reasons. I love that this man says, uh, you've got to trust your instincts, yeah. and the camera is just on her. And then she takes the whole team to out to investigate exactly what he said and exactly what he had a hunch about mm-hmm. based off of his instincts. On the flip side, it's also very telling that Scully, a woman, needs someone to tell her to trust her instincts, that her instincts are that her instincts are valid, and that she's capable and able to make rational decisions while we never, ever see this with Mulder yeah. because he just inherently has the confidence yeah. to know his instincts are correct always, even when they're not. Yeah, I literally wrote that having the freedom to trust your instincts and take risks is a privilege totally. that Mulder would have that she wouldn't be able to lean into because if she fucks up, it's her career. If he doesn't, it's not. Um, and let's just make a note here that um, if this case is solved or resolved in any way, um, or given any clarity, it's because of Scully. Yeah. 
it's literally because of this moment. Truly. Like, she solves the whole case. She's the only reason yeah. that, like, there's any clarity in the report at all. Yep. Um, so just to tell you what they said at that conversation, um, they were talking about how there were, f- there's five victims every time. And 60 years ago, there was only, there was one body that was never found. And he says that he was really positive that Toombs hid the body because there was evidence that tied him to the murder. Um, and he says that it's, he thinks it's in the cement at this chemical plant where the crime scene was or something. So Scully fucking, like you said, gets a team and brings him there. And, um, and they search the cement for any foreign bodies and objects. And then the old man, I wrote again, I'm so sorry, I don't remember his name. <laughs> I never get it. <laughs> Goes over to some random spot and is like, it's right here because the magic of intuition. And he, uh, and they dig there and boom, they find bones. Um, which like, you're right about this being a really cool journey to her finding her intuition and being made. Like that's a, I like that plot. It's line. like the, it's like the thing, the whole thing um, about like signs and like a sign from the universe and it's like really um i believe in that but i also believe that that has been um that that's a mask for women trusting their own intuition mm-hmm. right yeah. like in, intuition is is what lets you know whether something is right or not or whether you whether something that comes into your life is meant for you or not mm-hmm. Um, but we reframe that as being a sign from the universe because nothing can be internal. We, we aren't Mm. allowed to have rational, decisive thoughts, right? It has to be some external force that happened Mm. to stumble upon into our life that made us realize the decision was correct. It can't be our own intuition. Because the correct answer couldn't come from within us. Wow. That's so interesting. Didn't Florence just do a little thing on that? Recently, a little yeah. bit, yeah. She's talked about that a lot, and I've thought about that a well, lot over the years. I have a really years. complicated relationship with my intuition. I struggle with that a yeah. lot. Um, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Except except for white cis hat men, of course. No, of course not. So cut back to Tombs um, on the streets looking for people to eat, and <laughs> he spots a man getting into his car, and we assume he's going to follow him. So he follows him, and so does Mulder, and everyone's staked out at this man's house. Uh, this man's wife or girlfriend like just put their baby to sleep and says that she's going to go to bed while the man ignores her completely and continues working on her. He's like, yeah, okay, I don't give Literally, a shit. Like, what's the point of being? Doesn't even look God. at her. <laughs> he really was giving this man backstory. He's like, we've been having a hard time lately because I've been at work a lot all for this one scene. Yeah, seriously. So Mulder stakes out the house and the woman sees some kind of green sludge bubbling in the toilet. And like, honestly, what a queen for her snaking the drain because I would have been like, nope. <laughs> no, I would have closed the I lid. I would have closed the lid and let him find it. So he yep. has to deal with it. Um, then she deals with it because she's a badass. She's a queen. And the baby wakes up and she goes to check on it. And then something starts to pull at the thing in the drain. And she like something pulls on it and then she ends up like shutting it and she shuts the child lock onto the toilet so we assume tombs can't come through the drain how small can he get like i know he can break his bones but does he morph down to fit into a toilet it really doesn't make any sense that whole concept is very uncomfortable for me i don't like it (laughs) i know he can break his bones we can squeeze in some places but like a a toilet drain okay (laughs) all right I don't even know that a human skull, you could break it down to fit into it. Whatever. No. Like, my femur definitely wouldn't fit. (laughs) No. And, like, when he, like, slides through the window, um, like, grates, no. Yeah. 
gross. No. So Moldy Boy runs back out and the van is gone. He's lost Tombs. The fucking one Because job he, he fell had. asleep. Yeah. Because he fell asleep. Yeah. Because he's too stubborn to ask another agent to come sit with him. Yes, literally. It's his ego endangering people's lives once again. So cut to Scully looking stunning again. Apparently, I just thought she looked beautiful this whole episode. And I'm really into these collarless blazers and crew neck tops with like contrasting colors. I'm a big fan. Um... I like that you can see Jillian's buttons on her blazer straining around her tummy because it makes me so happy. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> makes me really the happy. Fuck? Okay, so how did you say that? Was that the thing? No, that wasn't the thing. Oh, God. Okay. That just made me really happy. Yeah. I just want to kiss her tummy. So they're examining the bones. The scientist or coroner, whatever the fuck, says he found some pennies that had the date of the 1930s. Weird. Um, she then asks for the cause of death, and he says he can't determine it yet. Um, but he found some gnawing marks on the ribs that he assumes are from rats. Uh, the pennies the pennies were probably there because they were in the person's pocket. Oh, interesting. Oh, but the clothes decomposed, but the metal yeah. wouldn't have. Oh. Exactly. That's so interesting. Okay, never mind. I'm not dissing there thing hmm. anymore so then he says he wants to try something but it would be a little premature if they're going by the book and she's like okay we'll keep it off the record go girl he took a picture of the missing murder victim that he um got from the detective and like analyzed it next to the skull and he's like this is the same person whatever see that didn't seem like proper technology with the photoshopped picture of a skull next to a human head but whatever i was like yeah i mean sure go for it okay <laughs> So she brings that to Mulder and he's like, it's not enough. It doesn't tie tombs to the case. And she's like, well, it's a fucking start. You could say thank you. Like she's working so hard and he's lost the one thing he was supposed to keep track of. Yeah. I, um, this whole episode is like kind of a perfect embodiment of the entire show. And we say that a lot because a lot of episodes are framed this way Mm -hmm. where Mulder is like out in the field trying to catch the killer just so that he can have that tangible evidence to like, being the notorious hero who like comes back to town and is like hoisted up by the townspeople as like their Ew. hero. God, yeah. And while Scully is like doing all the hard work behind the scenes to get the person arrested and actually protect the public. Yep. Um so fucking frustrating. And yeah, she spends all of this time getting all of this together and the man who has taken a manipulated photograph to be the proof of UFOs says, it's not enough. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Yeah, literally, Mr. Like, I had a dream about this, so it's true. Use it in court is like, this isn't enough. Fuck yep. off. God. Mr. Uh, that's so Raven. I saw my sister in a vision. <laughs> oh, Raven. It's the truth. Literally, though. God. That so, was all Miracle Man was, was Mulder going. I know. Jesus. Having a vision. <laughs> the episode should have been called That's So Raven. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and then Scully is just like, she literally has to be like, well, to start, you fucking dickhead. Yeah, literally. I, this is really small, but I really like the interaction where she's like, it's, it's stinky in here, Mulder. <laughs> and so he gets out an air freshener. And it looks like a real, real air freshener. And the face that she um, makes, one, looks like she really wants him to fuck her in the car. Like, she wants to kiss him really bad. Her face is really intense. But also, she makes a really grossed-out face to the smell of it. And I wonder if it actually smells bad to her because she's pregnant. I'm sure it smelled horrible. Those things smell horrible. And uh, when you're not pregnant, 
And yeah, I'm annoyed with him, but it's really cute that he like puts it in her face. I know. He's so that's that's also my whole entire relationship to the show is me being really annoyed at Mulder, and then sometimes like mm, I guess that was cute. But then he's like, um, but then he said, uh, "Do you have the sandwich I asked you to bring?" Yeah, fucking asshole, Jesus, <laughs> so demanding. So what the fuck? Um, Mulder's been like sitting outside Toom's house all day, and he says that Toom's hasn't left the house at all. Um, he asks her to bring him a Sammy that he demands and she pulls out a liverwurst sandwich lol then she's like you know proper surveillance requires four agents and he's all sassy and she's like dude it's not about the book it's about you not sleeping for three days you're gonna get sloppy and hurt and she's fucking right yeah she calls him out 100% yeah which is great Um, and she's like I'll Mm -hmm. stay you just go home and he's like I don't want you to get an official reprimand because of me I don't care about my record Scully like you got potential. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah. I, like, remember this scene being, like, much more romantic and intimate than it actually is. Um, Like, she calls him Fox. That's, like, her attempt at intimacy. Like, letting him know that this moment is more than a professional commitment, yeah. you know. When, in reality, he's just acting holier than thou. Like, she wants to be there. She's a big girl. Like she's made the decision now. Respect that autonomy. Yeah, that exactly. She has presented. Like it's like that. Yeah, you're right about that being really frustrating. Um, so like you said, she tries to say Fox. Um, he says no. My parents call me Mulder, so she says Mulder, and then which is not even true. Yeah. So <laughs> like he's just so clearly retreating. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to get involved with another woman he works with. Like he just lies. Yeah. Like that isn't true. He he doesn't let his mo- he doesn't let, even let his mother call him Fox. You're lying. Literally. Like he literally lets Maggie call him Fox, Scully's mother. I know. Later on, aside from the fact that his two ex girlfriends we see called him Fox. Called him Fox. And not once do we see his own mother call him Mulder. Yeah. Like, so huh? what? That was just him rejecting her attempt at some kind of intimacy. So fuck him. And then she's like, and then she's like, fine, I'm going to continue though. She's like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> um, and so she says, I wouldn't put myself on the line for anybody but you. She says it um, in like this like very like breathy, like throaty, throaty voice. You want to do it, do it. Say it. Yeah. I can't. Come on. Can't. So come on. It's so hot. She literally is like asking him to fuck her in the car right then and there. Well, because she's like, she's like, Fox. She's like, Fox. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't even let my parents call me Fox. And then she's like, <clears throat> Mulder, I wouldn't put my life on the line for anybody but you. That was good. That was really good. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> His dick goes, hello! <laughs> she became like a Cali girl. I don't know why. For anybody <sighs> but you, though, you didn't sound like that. But it's true. Yeah. Um, it's like Mulder. She's like, Mulder. It's so breathy. Mulder. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't put my life in the line for anybody but you. And he's like, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, he's- I'm like overheating thinking about it. Sorry, we'll move on. Um, so then he looks her up and down and says if there's a fucking iced tea in that. I mean, she literally said I would die for you, babe. So he better look her up and down. That's the least he can do. And he says if there's an iced tea in that bag, it could be love. And she goes, well, it must be fate. (laughs) 
and it's root beer. Stupid. Stupid. It's They're so stupid. stupid. <laughs> So stupid. Like he is deflecting so hard. He hates emotional intimacy. He's emotionally unavailable. Scully, run. Scully, run. Like, but she's like, ooh, cute, intriguing. No, baby. Yeah. Just go to therapy. No. It's your daddy issues. Like he jokes, but he really wanted it to be iced tea. And then he cried on his way home. <laughs> He's like, I should have said root beer. Fuck. He's like, shit. He's like, now it's not gonna He's happen. Like, it's never gonna happen now because I said that stupid joke. But then, and then he um he throws his head back. Oh yeah, forgot about Sorry. that. Um, and she's like, "You're delirious. Go home and get some sleep." She's like, "You can't handle me right now." <laughs> she's like, True. "Go to bed." Uh, I'm not going home to bed. <laughs> you are going home to bed. So he gives her his sandwich and recommends a sports radio show, like a fucking dweeb. Like, way to kill whatever mood was said. He's like, this bridge, like, shut up. But then she says she wouldn't miss it for the world, so. Because she wants him. Bitch, tell him that. Both of them. Like, they're already in love. I hate it here. I want to beat them up, both of them, at the same time. But it's like, this scene is probably one of the most emotionally vulnerable either of them have been up until this Mm -hmm. point. And in turn, this is one of the most emotionally revealing moments for where the relationship Mm -hmm. is at. And, like, think about the content. God. Like, what the fuck? That's what's the most? Okay pathetic okay here's what i have to say right so like mold the whole point of that is like molder is like reflect reflecting deflecting deflecting he's deflecting really hard because he doesn't want to fall for another woman that he works with but he's so overwhelmed by how much he already cares about her and how much he already loves Mm -hmm. her that it's coming out very awkwardly yeah like this and so um, I, some people on Tumblr, which I think is so interesting and you have to have such a big brain to do it, but some people will like tie um, lyrics to songs into like moments in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really cool where like the lyrics necessarily, like it's not even direct quotes. It's just like the vibe that a certain um, scene gives off That's or really like, cool. you know. It's really cool. Um, but anyways, I was thinking that the the lyric for this scene is the line from Wild Heart by Stevie Nicks <gasps> where she says where she says there is a danger and the danger was to Shut fall in love. Why would, is this the thing? Is this this is That's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> Isn't that good? I can't believe you just connected a Stevie Nicks quote to this scene. Like I just feel so seen right now, but also overwhelmed. And it's all, like, topped off because Scully has red velvet interior in her car. Like, that's the trifecta. Okay, my headcanon is that she got into the car and she did not listen to the sports station. She blasted Wildheart. Yep. I support that 100%. The thought of Scully listening to Stevie Nicks. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so gross. There's something... there's something really hard about reading a lyric that you know the melody oh, yeah. to. I was trying really hard not I to sing that. I worked with the director once when we did, um, and it was I was in a musical, and for the table read, we had to read the songs. Like, literally read the words of them when we all already know the songs. And that was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my whole life. Yeah, that's... Especially when you frame, like, when you write it as a sentence and not as, like, each line. That's what I did. But, yeah. Something in my heart died last night. 
One more. That was that was for you. Thank you so much. There was a danger. Angel, angel was falling in love. No, she, what, who are we kidding? She put on Joan Jet and she screamed. Can I have both? Yeah, we can have both. She was there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only two songs she listened to. Yeah, no, those only two songs. And then Extremis. That's really funny. Weird, that sounds like She's me. like, huh. I feel like huh. I could sound like that. Uh, atom by atom. Whoa, I sound like it. That's so weird. That like is not the same person no. to me. So, because she did, she grew. She grew a lot after she, she grew so much after she had Piper. Oh my god! End of season two. From the beginning of season two. Holy shit! Huge. So <laughs> she gets out of the car. She goes to her car. We see Mulder's trunk closed. So Toombs is with him. Yeah. Mulder's really bad at staking out people. <laughs> yep. So then, um, she looks down at the sandwich and sees a bite mark. And I'm always really confused here because, like, what? Was it just that it reminded her to check the ribs or like did yeah. for a long time I thought Toombs bit the sandwich so she knew so Toombs was with him like that was like a really dumb thing to include but it was basically like a woman couldn't just have a good idea god it had to something be a had to remind of a her and it yeah. was something that a man did cuz like if you think about it that was genius right like to to try to match the yeah. the dental records of tombs to the marks on the ribs of yeah. the body of oh, genius um but if she had just come up with that later it, it it couldn't have been framed as such a big revelation because then it would have been harder to shift the heroic um un- uh, uncovering mm-hmm. and solving of this case to molder that's such a good point oh my god so stupid that's so stupid so Mulder's falling asleep on the couch to like some old alien movie. It was really hot here. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that was but funny. I'm mad at him. So it's like it ruins it. But um, we see the little screws of the vent unscrewing. Ooh, eerie. Tombs is there. And then he starts watching Mulder sleep and he like scratches down his face. All gross. The whole scene is like so drawn out. Like I don't know. It's a shit. not necessary. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, so then cut to tombs in the hospital, very clearly beaten up with a shoe mark on his face. And it's weird that the doctors talk about him like he's not there. Totally. Yeah. Like they just, he's like this sad, quiet. But, but we love a black female doctor telling a bunch of white men what to do. <laughs> she, um, she's beautiful. Oh my God. So yeah. she asks who did this to tombs and he tells her an FBI agent named Mulder. So then he pops his shoulder back into place. All gross. As if they wouldn't notice that his shoulder went back into place. Like, what? Also, like, I really love the image of, like, Mulder just, like, roundhouse kicking him in the face. Like, that's why his shoe print was on his cheek. (laughs) Round off kick, like, fucking. Roundhouse. (laughs) That's okay. I forgive you. That's so embarrassing. No, it's not. Randolph? What did I even say? You You said round off. A detective shows up at Mulder's house. Um, The early morning light is beautiful, and he looks so hot right out of bed. Sorry. They find his shoes, and they arrest him. Out of bed? Bitch, he doesn't have a bed. Ouch, whatever. Whatever. Um, (laughs) I think that's very important to note. You're right, it is. For his character. (laughs) He doesn't have a bed, just a couch. So they find his shoes and arrest him, but of course they don't arrest him like a normal person. They arrest him like the privileged white man that he is. So fresh out of couch. Fresh out of couch. <laughs> Just rolled out of couch. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, um, you're right. 
So before Mulder goes, he finds a screw on the floor, so he like knew Toomes was there. So cut to Mulder and Scully in Skin Man's office. He's like, these are some serious allegations, Agent Mulder, with incriminating evidence. And he's like, will a good forensic scientist be able to show that my foot wasn't inside the shoe and being framed? And Scully, like the badass bitch she is, pipes up and is like, I was also engaged in unauthorized surveillance as well. And Mulder was orienting me on the situation when Toomes was admitted to the hospital, so it couldn't have been him because he was with me. And she's like, that's right, fellas. I'm a bad girl. I die for the stupid alien boy, apparently. <laughs> One, Scully literally lying to Skinner to save Mulder. Wow. Romance is alive and well. <laughs> One. Two, <laughs> I have such a horrible reaction to this because it's so it's so in line with him just not taking her seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I had... I was friends with a lot of boys growing up and even though um I was involved in the same um like whatever we were doing something we shouldn't have been doing when we got caught I was always the one who was like no you didn't know any better you can go which is like just absolves you completely of any agency and like any autonomy for your being in a situation at a certain time. Yeah. Like just because she's a woman, just because she's a woman, they're like, no, you're too stupid to think that you were doing something wrong. Yeah. Like you're too dumb to think that, to know that what you were doing was wrong. Literally. It's so, I have such a horrible reaction to the scene because it's like she, if this were a man doing this, it would be seen as like a bro code and it would be like seen as heroic. Yeah. But because she's a woman, it's like, no, you didn't know any better. Oh my God. That's literally, that just blew my mind because I was friends with no boys. So I don't know that I've, I haven't had that experience, but that's such a good point. It's so infuriating. I hate this scene. And then like that's that's compounded by what Skinner then says to to Mulder privately. Exactly. That's that's what got me is when Skinner says, I need you to leave so I can like talk to Mulder about this man to man and like really reprimand him because you're too weak to take a real a real uh, reprimanding exactly so he just like and you're you're too weak to like truly be able to comprehend and adequately deal with the consequences of your actions yeah it's so infuriating i hate it so much that's so infuriating like it's just gross because the second he sends the weak woman out who can't handle the reprimand he's about to give he licks Mulder's asshole and begs him not to waste it he bends him over his desk this is the cut scene literally yeah yeah and like begs him not to waste his talents and the whole thing is gross um and I just want to say too I just realized I wrote this down but like the more sinister thing of this the more sinister aspect of the scene is that there's a shot on the cigarette smoking man right after scully lies mm-hmm. for Mulder, and it's like a very telling shot where he realizes that she would lie for him and protect him mm-hmm. and then he ends up using that against her and against him i'm annoyed but then we have you know another fucking son you have such potential you're throwing away your dream it's like it was both like no dad i'm throwing away yours <laughs> That's like 90% of the interactions that Mulder has with older men, like superior, his superiors yeah. in this show. 
literally it's like they see themselves in him like the young golden boy that might have the potential to make it it's gross because every single person needs to be reminded of how much of a fucking waste molder being on the x-files is like Everyone needs to be reminded of that every five seconds so that he doesn't come off as crazy. But Scully's not a waste down there. Like, literally, the medical doctor who's way more qualified and could be doing so much more with her career. Like, she could have run the FBI. Mulder said it so early. And no one gives a shit about her talents being wasted. Totally. Let me, let me, I'm going to, like, speak something out and I'm, you know, we might get to an end, we might not. But that, like, dynamic of us constantly being reminded that Mulder's talents are being wasted on the X-Files is like so that the audience doesn't think that he's crazy, right? Yeah. We all know that he's, it's like to say like he's brilliant, right? Like he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. We don't see that with Scully because why? I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we see, we see that constant reminder, so that the audience like has faith in Mulder still, so that he is he doesn't become a lost cause because he's just like out of his fucking mind. You know? Do yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Whereas, like, we don't see that with Scully because, like, everyone knows that she's qualified. Everyone knows that she is an incredible medical doctor. Everyone knows that she's as brilliant as the smartest people in that building but like a woman's talents aren't wasted because they aren't welcome in the first place yeah so it's like it really so it's not to them them it's not a waste because they're like we didn't want you anyways it doesn't matter where her talents are being used because it's like there was no bar they didn't care about you know what i mean with yeah yeah like there's no bar too low does that make sense? Yeah, they don't. Sort of? have, yeah, it's like they don't have a bar for any kind of female talent. So whatever she comes in with isn't surpassing anything. They're like, oh yeah, okay. Exactly. It's not acknowledged for being. Oh my god. Does that make sense? Yes. Was that was that no. a journey? Yes, that fully made sense. End? Yeah, that fully did. Okay, so then, right before Mulder leaves, Skin fucking Skinner tries failingly to assert his authority after licking his asshole. Whatever. Um, <laughs> So then cut to Scully showing some dental records. She connected (laughs) the gnawing on the ribs that were near the location of the liver. So she looked deeper and found full human bite marks. And with the dental cast, they can like create a whole comparison thingy on the computer. I don't really know. It's all over my head. But Scully's so smart. And she's solving the case. All while Mulder is literally whining about being framed. Like literally. Literally. Actually, we see him whining and moaning and moping about the FBI building about being framed and it's like this this particular time that he was acting like this seemed they all seem misplaced but this one particular seemed so misplaced Mm -hmm. like i don't know he's not doing like you're not doing any work no why are you so upset he's just throwing another temper tantrum like we should start keeping a tally of how many temper tantrums i know episode honestly it's like the reason is because like it's his way or the highway, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. he was choosing to follow Tombs around. He was choosing to survey him that way. And so the second Mulder said, "I don't want you anywhere near Tombs," going going back to what Scully had been doing the entire time was a step down for him. So even though she's like the one doing who's actually getting concrete evidence to pursue doing him. the work, yeah, doing the paperwork 
doing all of the research was a step down for him. So he was crying about it. Because he could still do the case. He could still try to figure out what was going on, but it would have to be Scully's way. Yeah, exactly. And like, Which honestly, like if, behind the scenes. if he had just done that from the beginning, the therapist probably wouldn't have died because she would have been able, because they would have both been focusing on that the whole time. They would have just gotten to the answer faster and probably would have been able to fully persecute him and then reveal the truth of his crazy abnormalities. And Mulder would have gotten well, what he like, wanted. Here's the thing, right? Like there's so much wrong with this entire episode and like how the case is solved. And it's all because of Mulder's stupidity and ego. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I have something to say, but say what happens next. Okay. So, um, so it's a match to Toombs's dental records or whatever. No one's surprised. So cut to Toombs working on his nest. His therapist stops by and Toombs attacks him and kills him. So Mulder and Scully drive to Toombs's house. Stop me whenever you have your note. They're, um, so they're running. They've got their guns. They both look really hot. They go in and they find the therapist's dead body. So he got his five. Yeah. And so then, of course, like tying into the points that we were just making about Mulder being a little, a little baby mm-hmm. is like, ultimately, it's Mulder's lack of action. It's his lack of being a presence that's following Tombs. It's his lack of affirmative actions that get Tombs to kill again and then gets him framed. Yeah. It's not Scully's actual work that proves that he did it. It's Mulder's lack of action. I know. That really fucked me up. Yep. I'm so... I used to like this episode. Even coming into this, I kind of liked it. It's gone. <sighs> right? Like, because it's because Mulder was not present that Tombs ends up getting caught again because he kills again. Right? Oh, fuck. It's not any of Scully's actual work that, that she's done. You know, it's so annoying that, that, they, this whole that they even have her find all of, like, the fucking evidence to arrest him and they never even use it. It doesn't even get to be used or applied, so nobody knows. Cheers. I love your boob mug. That's so cute. Thanks. We can post a picture of it. If you I want, want to. <laughs> um, okay. They go to where his old apartment building was. Um, it's a new hotel or something. It's a big fancy building. They find a vent under the S. A hotel? Bitch, it's a mega mall. Oh, is it? <laughs> this is America. <laughs> I missed what the building was. I wrote, I don't know, a big fancy building. <laughs> Couldn't you tell with those black and white floors and the linoleum, like, what's that, like, jelly-like thing that they used to put on walls in, like, the 90s? It was, like, pink and red, or pink and blue. I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't like, know what it's called. Jelly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a mall. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's been a long time since I've been to a mall. I think. No, I think you're right. I it had it an escalator. It what like the fuck mall. else is an escalator? Hotel? No. It's an airport. <laughs> Um, it's either a mall or an airport. Those are the only things with escalators. So they find a vent under the escalator in question, and Scully is like, "Well, there's only room for one," and she immediately goes to take off her coat, and like she was fucking ready to go. Mulder's like, "No, I got it. I'll do it." And like, honestly, good. He should. I also, I also just want to say too, like, not to harp on this, but like. When, when, I mean, this, the last episode was like, what, 18 episodes ago? Uh, yeah. That's like a pretty short amount of time to build this big ass building. I know. <laughs> like they just knocked down the apartment building and got this thing up and the running day after in like less finished. than a yeah. year. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, literally it's, it's not been that long. 
Um, I also was wondering if, um, where did I write this? Oh yeah. I was saying, right. Here's my train. Of, here is my train of thought. Right. Cause Mulder ends up like going down in the thingy. Right. And then he's like crawling yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I want to see her do that. I was like, I want to see her jump down there and I want to see her fucking, I was thinking about seeing that. I was like, what, how powerful would that be for a woman to be down there doing all that? And, um, but they were like, but they were like her offering was enough feminism for the rest of the life. She offered, but he's going to take care of it. But like she, she could have clearly totally. And she did in Ghost in the Machine, like, which I wish we saw more of that. But then I was like, I wonder if she didn't. I wonder if they originally had Scully crawling down there, Mm -hmm. but then they couldn't because Jillian was pregnant and she would have been crawling on her stomach. Oh, yeah, that might have been the reason for the choice. Because I highly doubt that they would have had her be like, oh, I'm ready to go. Honestly, they probably would have had them go down there together if she wasn't pregnant. Yeah. So I think something... Had yeah, to be that's probably that makes a lot of sense. That because that is a weird scenario because you normally don't see them being like we have to pick. Like that doesn't normally right. happen. So that probably has to do with her pregnancy. Good point. Yeah. Good job, Sherlock. Much to think about. Um, it's the game of foot, Sherlock. <laughs> All right, continue. Can't you take me to lunch. Um, Stop. So. So he finds his nest. Toomes tries to grab him, and he's all slimy. He looks this like he just got so off disgusting. the Nickelodeon kids show. Seriously, he's been slimed. <laughs> he's been slimed. Okay, hold on. Can we pause? What was that? Like, I don't know. Why were we slimed? Why was... I don't know. Why was slime the brand? Why also, were like, being what slimed? was it? I don't know. And why? It doesn't even make any sense because Nickelodeon was orange. Ain't none of it makes sense. Wow. Like, whose idea was that? How did it get so far? Does anybody so know the history of, of Nickelodeon sliming? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Fucking George Lopez at three o'clock in the morning. I wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> to that theme song. People jumping on your screen. Wake up in a cold sweat. Oh my God. I don't know where I am. I don't know what time it is. Yeah. Did I miss school? Who knows? So, Is it the weekend? <laughs> literally. Okay, so he's down there. He gets grabbed by the slime man. Um, he Scully pulls him out. It's all very hectic. And then they start the escalator and kill Tombs. And Scully's face is like, how the fuck am I supposed to write this in my report? Also, like, no offense, but, like, they couldn't have had Scully press the button. I know. Did he really like, have he, to press the button? He did attack Scully. In her home. But, like, that's the difference, right? Like, Mulder voluntarily jumped down there and he was attacked. So, like, it made sense for him to press the button. Whereas, like, Scully's trauma was, like, more far removed. And, you know, he actually violated her by entering, breaking into and entering her home. Mm -hmm. Um, So, she, you know, that's not, it's not immediate enough. You know what no, I mean? It's, no, it's too far in the past. It's not as bad. Yeah. It's like, she's, it was, it was she's like, just a sad, broken girl. She's not. It was like three angry. weeks ago. So. I think you'd be over it by now. I just want to say, too, like when you really analyze these episodes, um, it becomes so clear early on that Scully is meant to be like this sideline character. Mm-hmm. Where at like at checkpoints, um, I was going to say she leading Mulder, but she isn't given the agency to lead. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so she's like, they're directing Mulder in, in the right direction. Yep. And then like he grabs the medal in the eyes of the audience, but that's offset and not as noticeable because professionally and in the show, he isn't re- rewarded by anyone but Scully. That's so true. So it's like Scully is doing all the work and she's doing the rewarding. Yeah. It's like so, which is why it drives me fucking insane when people are like, Chris Carter wrote the most feminist character. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, like, he didn't. she turned that shit into a feminist character. Absolutely. And the fandom continues to through like fan fiction and shit and the way that they make yep. her live on and get exactly. mad about her injustices. Well, and just Jillian. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. So, he did. Cut to Skinner. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. to me, boy. Cut to Skinner reading the report with Smoking Man. And Skinner's like, do you believe them? And Smoking Man's like, of course I do. Because his voice is five octaves. Of course I do. So then the final shot is Mulder looking at a caterpillar. Like, wow, change. And then he's like, a change for us is coming. And she's like, how the fuck do you know? And he's like, a hunch. And then she looks beautiful for a moment and then follows him. And um, ominous. End of episode. I have some I have some things to say. Go for it. It really hit me right in this moment how much Scully is forced to be this observer. Yeah. I like felt this episode like very deep in my bones. Yeah. Like she never gets the dramatic one-liners. She's never allowed to go on this higher moral and cognitive journey. And it's annoying because imagine her saying the final line like that. I know like how impactful that would have been for Mulder to say, how did you do all, like, how did you know all of that? How did you know that that would have led us here? And for her to say, I followed my instincts. Like that would have fuck been, is, I probably would have cried, honestly. Like what the fuck is all of this about change and a fucking caterpillar that has nothing to do with anything? No, nothing. And what's literally so frustrating is that like the whole thing was that they were framing the intuition struggle around her, which I love that they were acknowledging it. And then what in the end, Mulder learns that he, he needs to trust it. his intuition? How the fuck right? did he learn her lesson? It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. The whole hunt, like... Oh, also, you can see Jillian step up on her board. Can you? When she walks in frame, yeah. Oh, I have to rewatch that. Um, two, she looks so stunning here, as you said. And three, um, stop giving Mulder dramatic one-liners to end, to end the show stop. challenge. I can't like, The whole hunched thing, that trust your instinct, that wasn't even his thing. It wasn't. It was her storyline. Like, why would he say that? Do you have any idea how dumb that looks as an ending? so stupid when if she would have said that wow chef's kiss because it's like it's her it's her being forced to observe these two men being like i followed my hunch and look what happened you can too as opposed to making it her journey you know what just hit me when she follows a hunch and tries to investigate what that she when she scans whatever it is that she scans that chip because she's Mm -hmm. following a fucking hunch she gets abducted (laughs) Totally, yeah. Right immediately after. I'm going to kill someone. So, like, the plot is literally left to rot so that Mulder can have his capital M moment. I can't watch him have another moment, Emily. I know. That's why I just pretend like they don't happen. Okay, next dramatic one-liner I'm just not even going to mention. Like, at the the end of Shapes, remember, I I said Mulder doesn't have a last line. It ends with Scully saying maybe. Yep. And that's the episode. And that's the fucking episode. <laughs> God, it's so fucking frustrating. Are right, you watching Jillian's Corner? 
It's the little things. Let's let's please do Jillian's corner. This is my favorite thing ever. Okay. You want to sing? You want me to say it? Do you want to sing? Oh yeah, let's do no, it. We don't have to. That's just no. What I, I was just gearing up to do. Let's do it. Okay. But Jillian's, Jillian's corner. corner. Okay. Go ahead. You say it. it's your favorite thing. Okay. So in one of my favorite interviews ever of oh, all time, she looks like <laughs> she looks smoking. She I she looks know, smoking. Like where did Woo! that body come from? Oh my I god! I don't know. That walk I don't out? know. <gasps> Did you hear the whimper? What? I just whimpered. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but I'll hear it when I edit. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, she looks fantastic. Uh, you think so? Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow, I just fucking blacked out for a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah, she looks fantastic. Very minimal makeup. This, like, very, like, freshly fucked, like, curly hair. Yeah, she does look freshly fucked in this Big interview. Fan. <laughs> Big fan. What were we talking? Oh, her liver flush. So she goes on, and she's talking about how she quit smoking, and she's talking about how she, you know, is trying to be more health conscious and how she, to kickstart that, did a liver flush where you drink for a period of time these specific mm-hmm. shakes with, you know, these very specific ingredients and everything. And it just cleanses you, cleanses your liver. Um, and my favorite part about that whole thing is, is David Letterman goes, and, uh, have you noticed any differences? And she's like, you know, Dave, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Like what's she going to say? Like my liver's felt lighter lately. And then she gets it. Then they start talking about, you know taking an x-ray of her liver and it just goes south really really fast really quick um we have no reason for this other than we just want to talk about it because we love it so we'll post the i think about this interview all the time literally all the time it's a really important one i think it really sounds like that's a very good like in a bottle who she is you know yeah That, that whole interview i feel like absolutely besides her besides her calling herself dumb because she's yeah, not no, dumb she's at all not. she's so smart she's so smart I'm like ma'am but we've all been there we've all been there me 20 minutes ago <laughs> yeah but she just she just was having that moment on national television yep. yeah um and that's that's the moment it's such a, i love her so much i love her <laughs> No. seeing that video of this the sex ed behind the scenes that came out today just like made me feel like it was like oh she's back like i just i love her and that's the episode that's the episode enjoy watching it's such a good interview it's such a good interview oh my god it's my favorite oh it's my favorite interview ever i know so good i love the interview and we love you and thanks for listening to the sex files thanks see you next time next time well we won't but you'll hear us
Oh yeah. Smell you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>